Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast, Season 3. I'm Rob Shear, the founder of Comfort Cases and your host. Together, we have made such a difference in the world. We've met with leaders and change makers in the foster care system. We've met with charities and philanthropists, celebrities, authors, and so much more. We'll continue to bring you guests who will share how together, as a community, we can bring about change. Welcome once again to Fostering Change. So it is hard to believe we actually made it 2022. You know, I remember when 2021 was ending and I was like, let's get over this. There is no way that 2022 can be as bad as what we saw in 2020 and 2021. So I've got my fingers crossed, but my next guest, I decided to kick the year off with some amazing guests. And my next guest, Johnny and his mother, Becky, they truly are what I call all the time, good humans. See, the fact is, each and every one of us are supposed to be leading by example. Leading by example. That's what we do. That's what makes our world go round. And that is exactly what my friend Johnny has done. Johnny, Becky, welcome to Foster and Change. Thank you very much. You know, normally we have guests that come on that, you know, have something to do with the foster care system, and we've been mixing it up a little bit. And, you know, what I really wanted is to have guests on that inspire me. And Johnny, that's exactly what your book did, is it has inspired me. What made you and your mom decide to write this book, The Impossible Mile? And by the way, see all my little stickies through here? It's because it's all those areas that I loved. I love, I love that. I love sticky notes. But um, my, my family, ever since I've been doing races, I, I've been brought in to do all these speaking engagements. And people always tell me, Johnny, I want to know more. I want to know the how, the why, you know, and I want to know more about the people that help you in your daily life because you can only fit so much into a tent. Uh, presentation really and so once uh, I graduated college uh, from a small uh, college over by us here in Grand Rapids Aquinas College I um, decided okay this is my time to just sit down and and put my thoughts to paper and and I had a message that I wanted to share with people and and mom helped me um decode that message so so it was awesome to do together and and I always do racist with dad so this is a opportunity for mom and I to do something together now she doesn't get to be in the background anymore so <laughs> Johnny I love I that your job yeah, I absolutely love that because you are known for doing these races with your dad um, you know, and by the way, you know, uh, Under Armour, which is one of your sponsors, um, yes. actually is in my backyard. So, you know, I'm in that Baltimore area. Um, and so okay. we do hear a lot of talk about you. And what I have to tell you, I was so impressed with the fact that Michael Phelps actually endorsed your book. So have you actually met him? I, I have. I have not, but I've talked to him on the phone and really... You know, it was really, really special for him to be a part of this book because, you know, I look at swimming as like the way that I walk and that 
you know, if you take the sport of swimming, it, it's separated by seconds and fractions of a second. So every single movement that I make, it, it has to be precise. And that's exactly what swimming is. But Mike Phelps did that 20, 28 times, I think is his gold medal count. I lost count, but-, <laughs> but That makes two of us. That makes so two it, it really is special. And I really think it, my, my goal with having him involved was, you know, I wanted to show people, here's the greatest Olympian of all time. And here's somebody that can barely walk. It's a great parallel for people in that if you work hard and uh, want to achieve something, uh, nothing can stop you. And I think that the that was the goal of, of the impossible Maya. I love, I absolutely love that, Johnny. You know, Johnny, the, you know, I have five kids, by the way. Yeah. My oldest son is 20. I have a 17-year-old daughter. I have two 14-year-old boys, and then I have a 12-year-old son. And one of my kids, one of my 14-year-old sons, and all my these are all my babies behind me on the wall, but one of my kids um, is, they consider special needs. Um, and so, you know, I'd like for you to talk about what you want people to know about having cerebral palsy. You know, you know, having having a disability has taught me a lot. I think the biggest lesson is is taught me is that um, failure is just part of the process. I have to uh, I have to fail that fail in quotes multiple times in order for me to uh, achieve something. And so I think that, you know, if you just take it one day at a time and, and just treat, just treat the failure part as a part of the process, uh, then I think uh, that sets you well on your way for achieving your dreams. And I'm sure, I'm sure your son will too, but uh, it, and it's also important to have um, your family around you because they're the ones that will support you. And I know you're with you and your wife do as well. So and your and his siblings too. So. Yeah. So Becky, you know, as a as a one parent to the next, my husband and I, you know, when we were told that our son Makai was never going to walk or talk it was something very hard for us to swallow. And, you know, he's now 14. And by the way, he walks and he talks um, because I, I believe that children are resilient and there's no such thing as never. But but how, what is some of the things that you think about? And the reason I ask this question is that reason I started Comfort Cases, our nonprofit, and one of the things that we wanted to make sure happen is that there was room at the table for everyone. And we did that based on our son who was special needs because we felt that there was no, there weren't any places for him to go and volunteer or, you know, people wanted kids like him. And so that is one of our main drives. Do you see that as a parent as well, making sure that your son has room at the table? Yeah, absolutely. You know, even when we first got the diagnosis for Johnny that he had cerebral palsy, we were given the option basically by the doctor. He, he had, you know, Johnny was our firstborn. So everything was new to us. And he had said, you know, your son has cerebral palsy. 
we didn't know exactly what cerebral palsy was, but we knew it wasn't good. And at that point, the doctor had told us, you know, you have, you can read all the books you want to read about cerebral palsy, or you can love him as your son and take it day by day. And right from the start, Jeff and I looked at each other and said, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to give him the world, right? If you limit them, then they don't have a seat at the table, right? So every, every parent wants to give their child, you know, the, the oyster, right? And so it was our opportunity to say, you know, we're just going to love him and take it day by day. And we're not going to treat him as if he had cerebral palsy. We want him to be able to decide what his limits are and not somebody else that doesn't even know yet what his limits are um, to make that decision for him. So I think just doing that, that one decision, although it was really difficult and really hard because it was a, I think it was a different way of thinking at that time that um, it gave Johnny the opportunity to have a, have a seat at the table, right? To be able to say, okay, this is what I want to do with my life. And this is how I want to do it. Yeah. You know, I will tell you, Becky, I, you and I definitely would be friends because I, <laughs> you and I think very similar when it comes to, um, I didn't want um, Makai's autism or his fetal alcohol syndrome to define who he was. You know, and that's why uh, the labeling, you know, and, and as we know, I mean, yes, my, my son has special needs. Yes, Johnny has cerebral palsy, but, but that doesn't change the limits of where they can go and what they can do. Johnny, right. we're going to get ready to take a quick break, but I have a quick, quick one quick question for you. What sure. was it like to do the commercial for Under Armour? It really was awesome because I, I'll never look at a commercial the same way again. <laughs> Uh, but it was really inspiring to have a, give a voice for uh, people with disabilities uh, with a major brand like that. I really took it as, as a special mission for me. So That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, listen up, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. I'm here talking with my friend Johnny and Becky Agar. They've got this amazing book, The Impossible Mile. You know, I really don't really promote books as much as maybe I should, but I will tell you, this book is a definite. It is a definite way to start your new year off. You know, it's going to give you that for me, it was that bit of energy that I needed to go that extra mile that we might think is impossible. We'll be right back. Comfort Cases is now partnered with Clean the World, an amazing organization dedicated to water, sanitation, and hygiene. Clean the World operates recycling centers across the world, Hong Kong, the Netherlands, Las Vegas, Orlando, and including our nation's capital. They are leading a global hygiene revolution. They are distributing recycled soap and hygiene products from more than 8,000 travel and hospitality partners. Clean the World has made the decision to donate hygiene products to comfort cases so we can place them in our cases. These products are so important to our youth that are entering foster care. You know, having their own brand new hygiene product really means a lot to them. These donations will truly give these kids an amazing feeling of self-worth. I want to thank you so much, Clean the World. And for more information on how you can donate, please visit their website at cleantheworld.org. 
Well, I will tell you, I had decided that 2022 was going to be the year that I moved mountains. And I was going to be able to move those mountains with the people that are around me. And that is exactly what my friend Johnny is doing. You know, um, during the break, we talked a little bit, Johnny, with your mom, Becky. Um, how many siblings do you have? I have two. I have uh, two sisters. You have- one is 25 and the other one is... Just turned 19. Just turned 19. So so you have two sisters, a 25 and a 19-year-old. And as I was telling you earlier in the first half, I have five kids. And all five of my kids, as people know, were adopted through foster care. And your mom told me a little story that, you know, your sister's actually adopted. Yeah, my my sister, one of my best friends, but she's, she's adopted as well. And, and so... Uh, we hadn't told you that, and I'm sorry about that, but, but yeah, my sister is adopted, and, and, uh, locally here, but she's adopted, and so, um, she's taught me a lot, though, in life, she's had to persevere through a lot in her life, and so, um, you know, it, it really puts things into perspective for me, you know, as her older brother, you know, watching her grow up through life and I knew a lot of her life and so um, it's really inspired me to say how can I be better how can I you know how can I help her to succeed as well so yeah I I absolutely love that and and Becky I will tell you as I started this um segment this year um I was it was all about having people on that inspire me and that inspire our audience and um and to hear that little tidbit that oh by the way you know um I have a daughter who I've adopted you know that actually was through the foster care set it's just like it's full circle it is so full circle so Thank you, because, you know, like like Reese and I adopting our five children, um, it wasn't that we went in to be foster parents. It's that we had an end goal and the end goal was adoption. And so I'm, I'm so and the fact that you have 19 year old. Wow. I've got a 20 year old. So I totally understand. And a 17 year old who's a girl who's a senior in high school. So I get that. You know, Johnny, I have a question <laughs> for you. I want to I want to know where do you get your grit? And let me explain that. And maybe if nobody's asked you this before. So for me as a kid, I grew up in the system and I was homeless at 18. And, you know, I ended up, you know, going in the military, becoming a successful businessman. And I get that question asked, where did I get my grit to to achieve and succeed? And I want to know that about you. Where did you get your grit? Well, my dad, uh, my parents have always been big into sports and you know me having a disability I had to approach it in a different way with 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 that sort of thing and so my parents naturally gave me athletes uh to as role models for me to help me to understand okay, if if I'm going to be successful in life, if I'm going to be as independent as I want to be, I have to work hard just like they do in games. And it was a really fun way uh, for me to to understand, for a young kid to understand, because, um, because I could just watch games with my dad and he could explain to me, okay, you know, this is how they work, you know. This is how they do things. And I learned, 
my numbers actually by by uh, the numbers on the back of jerseys and things. So every time I would go to therapy, I would wear one of my favorite jerseys, like a Steve Eiserman jersey for hockey, or because I wanted to work as hard as they did. And so, um, you know, this this um, triathlon or, or marathons and, and running sports really um, was an open door for me because um, I had always wanted to participate in sports, but uh, adaptive sports, wheelchair sports, weren't really a, a thing for me because I could only use one of my hands very well. So we joke a lot that that um, nobody wants a person on their team who can only use one hand and go in circles. <laughs> So my dad um, saw I had participated in a in a group called My Team Triumphs, and and they're a ride along program that takes kids uh, and adults through marathons and triathlons, and so um, from there, and it just grew from there. So. Wow. Well, you know, I have to tell you, so in your book, you know, you talk about the fact that you wanted to be an athlete and, you know, you just shared with me how your family supports you to get you that grit to actually become that athlete. You know, here you are, you, you've run, um, you've, you've done some triathlons, which by the way, I haven't even done a marathon. Um, you have, you know, you're now a published author. Um, you know, what's next for you, Johnny? My big goal in life is I want to be able to live by myself. Um, as much as I love mom and dad, you know, uh, as, and as much as they love me, they want me to be independent as well. So uh, that's my, that's one of my next impossible miles, really, and, and uh, one of the miles that I hope to conquer. But in my racing career, I, I would love to get back to Kona, um, the Ironman World Championships in Kona. We never finished the World Championships, and so I'd love to do that with Dad someday, and, and hopefully we can can get invited back there. But uh, more important than the racing, I think, you know, being independent in life is my ultimate goal. So. And I, I, I bet that's what your mom wishes as well, even though um, I guarantee you your mom's like me and I don't ever want my babies to leave the house. Um, but we know that, you know, at times that's what's best. And by the way, I have a feeling that you're going to be doing that race. You're going to be doing that race. Everybody, listen, today has been so inspirational. It is the way to kick off 2022. I want you to do me a big favor, everyone. I want you to go and order my friend Johnny and Becky's book, The Impossible Mile. I want you to read it. I want you to email me. I want you to realize that each and every one of us, each and every one of us have the ability to go the impossible mile. Johnny, Becky, thank you so much for being on Fostering Change and thank you for being good humans. Take care, everybody. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. 
Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.